Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Good evening. I have just been at a meeting, so I just come back from my meeting. So I'm sorry if this is a bit late, uh, but I'm here and I've got some questions lined up. Uh, but as ever, if there are any questions live, feel free to um, ask them live. We are going to what we are doing here, in case you're wondering, is we are doing. Oh, no. Sorry. Wrong one. We are doing live Q&A uh, with me, Jonathan Stoyano, plastic surgeon to the stars. So uh, if you've got any questions, please feel free to comment and share this. And I will get my what date 17th today. So uh, there we go. Um, we've got some questions here. So uh, first question is about dog ears after a tummy tuck so um this is a patient asking about what is the best way to um you know what's the what's the plan what's the progress with them um dog ears are common after a lot of plastic surgery procedures because they happen whenever you cut a bit of tissue out if you just make a cut in the skin and stitch it up you don't get a dog ear you get a fat scar but as soon as you start cutting tissue out when you've cut that tissue out and you bring it together, you get a little bulge at the end of the scar. So it can happen with, it can happen with um, tummy tucks, it can happen with facelifts, it can happen with mastopexies, uh, it can happen with blepharoplasties, or I've um, taking, you know, anytime you're cutting skin out, thigh lifts, arm lifts, anytime you're cutting skin out. Um, and we do a lot of things to try and empty out the dog ear and reduce the dog ear. The best way to... Um, get rid of a dog ear. Now, if you can think of it, that uh, you, it's the two ends of the spectrum. So one end of the spectrum is you've got cutting a straight line and stitching it up, no dog ear. Worst dog ear is a circle. If you cut out a circle and try and stitch up the circle, you get massive dog ears. So you've got to go somewhere in between, and somewhere in between means taking it into an ellipse. And the sort of longer the ellipse and the narrower the ellipse is at the end, the smaller your dog ears, but the longer your scar. So when we're doing a tummy tuck, I'm trying to make the scar as short as possible, but I'm trying to make the dog ears as small as possible. So it's a balance between those two things. And um, sometimes you get a bit of a dog ear. And the good news is they're easy to treat. Um, so it's nothing to particularly worry about. Uh, but you have to let things settle, particularly if you've had things like liposuction or what have you at the sides, because that makes it quite swollen. Even if you haven't had liposuction, to be honest, it's quite swollen because we I try and empty those dog ears, so you can be a bit of swelling and things in those areas, and it can be a bit of a bulge. You think, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, so you have to leave it a few months. So I've got, I say minimum, really, three months, minimum three months to leave it to settle. Hopefully when it all settles, it's fine. If it doesn't, then it's easy to fix. The longer you leave it, the better, to be honest. Three months would be the minimum, but if things are starting to get better, I'd probably leave it longer because they often do settle and they rarely need to be treated. But sometimes, I say rarely, sometimes they do. Um, so that's something that, that it's all included. If you do have to have them treated, you don't have to pay or anything like that. So that's um, something that can happen. And so, but if it does, we can 
we can rebuild you. We can fix it. So don't worry about it. But I think it's going to be okay. Um, I don't think this particular person asking, I think they're going to be okay personally. Um, but um, that is a possibility. So that xanthalasma, xanthalasmata is the plural. Um, xanthalasma are little um, spots around the eye, usually around what we call the medial campus. Are you getting this camera one? Um, usually around the medial campus, the inner aspect of the eye, um, little yellow spots or plaques, and they're cholesterol deposits. That's what they are. Um, so number one thing is you need to make sure you get your cholesterol checked if you've got them, because it could be a sign that you've got a high cholesterol, and if you've got a high cholesterol, that can predispose to heart disease. So you should get that checked out and make sure that you're at, am I a bit close? Mm. Uh, back off. Um, actually, I'll put the camera further back. Oh, God. Um, get your cholesterol checked, because uh, if your cholesterol is high, then that might need to be addressed. Even if your cholesterol, your cholesterol might be normal, though. So, but that's the first thing, get cholesterol checked. Um, the actual treatment of them themselves is um, uh, you can cut them out. Uh, they will leave you with scars. To be honest with you, scars around the eyes are usually pretty good because you've got quite a lot of wrinkles around your eyes because you're opening and closing your eyes all the time. So there's wrinkles. Not someone as young as me, obviously. Not with the amount of surgery I've had. Um, but, um, you know, there are, there are often wrinkles around the eye and lines around the eye. So we try and make the scars look like the lines. So the scars are usually pretty good. Um, but it's something that's relatively easy to fix. It can be done under a local anesthetic. Um, but as I say, it will leave scars. And, uh, but usually the scars are less obvious than the xanthalasmata or the xanthalasma. Um, am I going through these too quick? I'm going to get through this. I know you're thinking of questions so out there, so by all means think away and you know you don't have to um, you don't have to where's my where's my thing? comment and share if you don't want to that's fine um, but if you do that's fine too you know whatever whatever you um whatever you feel comfortable with so what we've got now is we've got a patient who's asked a question i've got the email here i'd like to discuss the breast reduction and lift i'm not sure if i will need implants i'm looking at the best option for me with advice thanks so um right then this is actually a good question not that i mean they're all good questions but this is a good one because um Okay, breast reduction and lift. Breast reduction and lift are the same thing, um, but a breast reduction makes the breast smaller, a lift keeps the breast the same size. So they both lift the breast. So a breast lift is part of a breast reduction. So sometimes people say, oh, I need a breast reduction, but I think I need a lift as well. Um, a lift is actually a part of it. So a lift is sort of integral with a breast reduction. So there's two things with the breast. Shape and size and the best way to address the shape is a lift a lift will make the shape better it will lift the breast and make the shape better but it'll do nothing to the size so if you want something to done to the size that is when you come into a reduction if they're too big to make them smaller or implants to make them bigger if they're too small so um interestingly what this patient's asking i'm not sure where they're what they what the angle is with regards to the implants but so the question I'd say to you is, you haven't happy if you're unhappy with the shape, you know, and you're almost a little diet. I could just make a diagram, couldn't I? Did I, did I? I think I did actually a talk I gave once. Anyway, uh, if you're unhappy with the shape, then lift. 
if they're too big, reduction. And if they're too small, um, implants. And if they're too small and you're unhappy with the shape, you can have a liquid implants. Um, so you might say, well, why is this person asking about implants? Because it's, it's an interesting concept because she's saying, I think I might need a reduction. And I'm not sure whether I need implants. Some surgeons will do a reduction and implants. And um, you might think that sounds a bit weird. It's not something that I do because I don't like removing breast tissue and then replace it with replacing it with uh, implants. I don't like doing that as a concept, but they, some surgeons will do that. And the reason they'll do that is because if you're having a breast lift or a breast reduction, one of the big things is managing expectations. So what I'll do is I'll show you photos of what can be achieved, because when you have a breast lift or a breast um, reduction, the volume is up here and then it settles and you get a, 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 a sort of a concavity in the upper pole as the breast settles and you have to be aware of that before you have the surgery because you might have the surgery and think this is exactly what i want i'm so happy when you first have it done but when they settle you might think wait a minute they settle a bit shape's not quite right so you need to be aware of what sort of shape you can achieve before you have surgery um now obviously it settles a bit so out of a bra you will have a bit of a concavity you can always put them in a bra and push them up but you might say you could do that already you know with it you don't need a mastopexy because you can put them in a bra um now so um you have to be aware of the sort of shape that you can achieve when you're having a um uh, a breast lift and a breast reduction if you are unhappy with the shape that can be achieved if you're unhappy with that concavity and you say you know what i want a bit of someone's commented thank goodness for that oh i can't i can't um hello hello angie 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 um and yeah uh thanks for hello nice to see you um if you are unhappy with the shape that you get with a lift or a reduction then an implant is the only real way to get stable fullness in the upper pole an implant doesn't settle breast tissue because it's your own tissue you can put it up there when you do a lift and reduction you put it up there you make it as high as you can because of gravity you go and then if you want to keep some fullness up there you have to have a implant an implant is the only way to give you fullness up there the problem with implants is they make your breast bigger so if your breasts are too big so this patient's saying do i need a breast reduction i'm assuming her breasts are too big if your breasts are too big you think well how can i do implants so all people some people will do where they'll reduce the breast and then put an implant in to give a, a a better shape what they might perceive to be a better shape because it's a follow-up in the upper pole but you've got all the problems associated with implants for me my advice is i think implants are really good at making the breast bigger so if your breast is too small, I think they're fantastic. But if you just to give, use it purely for shape, I'd say, look, is it worth it? I don't really think it's worth it because there are potential complications that you can get with implants, particularly if you're doing a lift or a reduction because there's lots of scarring with that sort of associated with that. And if you get any wound healing problems, if the, wound, if the implant becomes exposed or becomes infected, you have to remove it. So there's significant complications associated with using implants at the time of a breast lift or a reduction. And so I would always advise people to... Um, just have the lift stroke reduction see how you go if you weren't ha happy you could always at a later date have implants but i wouldn't go with a breast reduction and implants it's not something that i personally would go with but some surgeons do so it's not like it's wrong it's just um, my view on that one um so um hi karen have you spelt your name differently has it always been like that or is that a different Karen Holmes? Karen, I thought it was anyway. Uh, Karen, 
well, we've got Ange, Ange. Is it Angie? Maybe it's Angie. And we got Karen. Maybe that's Karen. Um, but good to see you all. Um, nice to see that you're pushing the boundaries of the first names. Um, that's always good to see. Um, so what is in store for us is another question. They, oh, <laughs> that was just a smiling one, wasn't that? Um, what we got now, this is an interesting issue here, cosmetic surgery abroad. I um, had an inquiry, I think, today from a patient from France. Um, so it works both ways, cosmetic surgery abroad. We get people who inquire who are from abroad who want to come uh, to have surgery here. And it also works the other way because I saw someone on Friday who had had a breast reduction in the Dominican Republic five weeks ago and she had lots of, well, she had some problems with uh, discharge and problems with the wound and redness and some issues that she was concerned about. And um, it's very difficult, that situation. Um, I think that she'd been going down the route of NHS treatment prior to um, seeking private treatment. And when she had private treatment in the Dominican Republic, she felt that if she had problems that the NHS would help her. Um, but um, the NHS have said to her, look, you need to, you know, you've done it, had it done privately, you need to seek help privately. So she came to see me. Um, but it is a difficult problem. And the thing that I would say is that, um, I mean, the apparently it's a 10 hour flight. Um, and the reason you have, well, one of the reasons people have surgery abroad is because it's cheaper. And um, really, when you have problems with the surgery, the best bet is actually your surgeon. And I think, you know, the surgeon's obviously based there. And I think she's got a, um, a handler. I can't remember what you called it now, but a, a sort of like a representative in this country. But the representative had to speak to the surgeon. Um, I don't think they're medical themselves. And she was getting a lot of time before she was getting the answers and she was, she was kind of frustrated and really wanted someone to look after her. But really, the the um, answer is that it, the surgeon, her surgeon, has got a duty of care. What we have, uh, the way we work, is that the money that we get paid as surgeons, um, we get paid when we do the surgery. That's, that's in, the, in the private sector, um, in the work that mainly that, that we do at the clinic is mainly self-pay so it's not insured um, uh, so you you really only get paid when you do the surgery the aftercare we we don't get paid for because of pay in in terms of directly i mean obviously you paid for it because you paid but you pay up front you pay for the surgery and so the aftercare is all part of the uh, of the service so you can't really have surgery in dominican republic and then come and have aftercare with me for instance um and, and you know my and then have me as your surgeon sort of thing. If I didn't do the initial surgery, your aftercare really needs to be with your um, initial practitioner. Um, so it is something that you don't really tend to think about before the surgery, I think, or not you. People don't tend to think about it. Um, um, and um, so, but I think it is important. It, it is something that you need to think about. And uh, it goes 
uh, both ways. So people coming from France, people coming from overseas, coming here, I'll say to them, look, you know what, of course, I'll happily see you and treat you and I will look after you. But I would advise you to go locally, to be quite honest with you, because there are very good surgeons in France and there are very good surgeons in Dominican Republic and Prague and I don't know, wherever else people go, Cuba. And, you know, there are good surgeons in these places. I think the problem is not so much that there are bad surgeons, you know, all the surgeons there are bad and all the surgeons here are good. Um, it's not that the surgeons are necessarily bad. One of the problems is you don't really know the training of them. Um, we've got some live questions coming in, which is awesome. Um, you don't really know the training, uh, how the training structure goes. So the training might be different. I write, talk about that in my book. Close my book. Where's my book? Um, but um, so you know, one of the one of the um, problems is that the the um, sorry, this is this is well thought through, isn't it? Um, anyway, I'll talk about this in the book, and uh, it's just that you don't maybe don't know this the level of training of doctors in those countries. And um, there you go. Anyway, don't know where it is. Got those in somewhere, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, so so you don't know the train level of training of the surgeon, so you have to sort of look into that perhaps. But also, I think it's good to be close to home. So if you come from France and come here, and then you ring me up for two weeks and say, "Look, it's a bit red," I'll say, "Yeah, let's have a look at it. How's it going?" And you're like, "I'm in France." And obviously, you can do photos and things like that, but it's not as good as the real thing, uh, seeing you in person. So both ways, I would advise if you live abroad look have surgery locally if you live in the uk have surgery in this country i think one of the problems is surgery is expensive in this country because we've got indemnity we've got insurance um we're insured for um 10 oh, i say we i i'm insured for i think 10 million um 10 million sort of you know level or whatever don't get any ideas all right but um anyway, that's what it is 10 million i think you have to be I think everyone is to be honest um, if, if you work in the hospitals you have to be insured to that level uh, everyone has to be insured to that level so um so yeah cosmetic surgery abroad both ways think about it and you say you go abroad is cheaper for a reason as well you know the the uh, insurance probably isn't quite as uh, robust um so michelle bradley smith look at that how long has it been now this is a bit why i said you've got to wait at least three months didn't i i mean i'm not is it three it's probably more than three years but anyway there you go what is recovery half having dog ears done please um yeah it's ages ago michelle anyway um unless you've got doggies and you haven't done now, which is fine. Give us a ring if that's the case or let me know. But anyway, I will answer the question. I will answer the question that has been asked of me. The question is, which is quite clear for anyone to see. So basically, uh, depends on how big they are, Michelle. Um, but if they're just normal ones, which are usually sort of pretty small, that might be, um, just sort of cut them out, local anesthetic, uh, dissolvable sutures, waterproof dressing, dressing on for a week, dressing off, uh, take the dressing off after a week don't need any dressing after that scars a bit red and obvious for a few months it does take a few months for the scar to fade just like the original scar probably took a few months to fade um, but actually in terms of recovery and in terms of downtime it's not it's not too bad so if you're doing a sort of um if it's a driving and stuff pretty much straight away really um day off work maybe um 
not really any significant time of you know unless you're doing anything particularly heavy if you you know care or something of moving and things like that you might want to take that easy for a week or so um, but it's really not a um, big procedure and as I said it's usually can be under a local anesthetic which means you stay awake uh, walk in walk out type procedure so um, yeah it's, it's a relatively there is such a thing a relatively simple procedure um, so yeah um, and yeah long time no see good to hear from you uh, and look at this thick and fast huh? look at this another one I have a question. I want to start doing some light weights at the gym. I'm three months post-op breast door. Will this be okay? Also on a jog, they tingle quite badly. I'm thinking this is still normal. Liking the emoji there, Caroline. Is that a monkey? Is that a monkey emoji? Where did you get that from, my friend? Where do you get the monkey emojis? I haven't got that in my list. Um, oh, it's massage. I've got a massage emoji. Um, right. Oh, wait a minute. Anyway, is that oh, it's a cloud? Anyway, see no evil. Um, respect to you. If I could give you a thumbs up for the emoji, I would, um, but I can't on this thing. So I will answer your question presently. Um, I'll tell you what, Michelle, lovely to hear from you. You can private message or you can get in touch. Um, hope you hope you well. And if you have got dog ears, let me know and I will fix them. No problems. Um, you have to see my new clinic. Have you seen my new clinic? Have you? Um, right, Caroline. Um, okay, so when I jog, they tingle quite badly. Tingling is actually not necessarily a bad a sign. And it's, uh, it is a, often a sign of healing. Uh, however, jogging is quite boom, boom, boom. It's quite sort of, uh, you know, impactful. So I think tingling quite badly. I would say that's maybe saying take it easy a bit. So, you know, obviously you've got a good, uh, good uh, sports bra. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, three months is quite early, I've got to say. I normally say things start to settle at three months. Start six, 12, 18 months for it to properly settle. So, it's early days, Caroline, so go easy on that jogging, please. Um, and it's sort of that links in with the lightweights thing, lightweights to the gym. Um, you, you can now start doing lightweights at the gym. Yes, you can. Uh, and it's all about seeing how you go, seeing how you feel. And as I say, tingling in itself is not a bad sign, but the quite badly thing makes me think, mm, tingling quite badly doesn't sound, you know. Um, so if something if, if you start doing your weights, your lightweights, and they start tingling quite badly, or they start swelling up, or they start getting uncomfortable, which they might, listen to your body and see how you feel. You're not going to do any harm by starting to do some weights, and you know you want to get you know fit and and, and what have you. So um, obviously it's good to get back into stuff. So I think it's good to get back into weights and jogging and all these things. I think they are good. So I'd encourage you to do those things, but I'd encourage you to start gently and um build up so as if it is tingling badly maybe say oh just ease off a bit and then build up but i think that's fine to do but uh, listen to your body um but as i said three months you're not going to do any harm you're just going to maybe take it a bit long make it a bit longer to settle if you, if you do too much go too crazy oh. well that's it i'm out i believe i'm out Am I? I've done the ones. What was I supposed to? What was I supposed to talk about? I think I'll talk about dog ears. 
So, hold on, Caroline's coming back. Coming back at me. She's back at me. Maybe not that bad. Just might, but you're exaggerating for the telly. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, then, fine. Then, in that case, fine. Carry on. Uh, what is? Oh, <laughs> it's an angry man. Angry man emoji. Um, <laughs> oh, what's this? So, um, so Caroline, that's fine. Then, in that case, if it's not too badly. What is this? Badranil has, has posted a link as a question. Plastic surgeon Cole Carter. What is that? Is that is that are, is that are we supposed to click on that and go to Cal? Is that Cal? Cal, Cal is that, I don't know. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, Badranil, and thanks for your thanks for your um, thanks for your link. That's guys, plastic surgeon Cal Carter. Um. I'll be in touch soon. By the way, you're still the best around. Still got it. Still the best around. Leave that on. But I'm going on. To, I'm going to come back to that just because because uh, Caron. I'm thinking about Caron. We might go away. What is the recovery time? Nice, nice. Like your profile pic, Caron. And uh, just in case you're wondering, uh, I am still the best around and the only one that Michelle would recommend. And do be in touch, Michelle. Be good to see you and come and see me at the clinic. So, um, Caron, um, it is you're absolutely bang on. You've obviously done your research there because you're saying I've wait when I've reached my target weight. Because a lot of people think, oh, you know, I get the, get rid of the sort of weight um, when I do the tummy tuck, you know. But uh, you're absolutely right to get rid of the weight first. You must get rid of the weight first. So, well done on that one. Um, because you don't want to get you you the reason you need a tummy tuck often is because you've lost weight lost weight and having children those are the two things that do it so you don't don't uh, <laughs> so you don't want to let's put that up there thank you yeah i've said hmm. caroline agrees with michelle um so you don't want to thanks caroline um so you don't want to have a tummy tuck, make it as tight as you possibly can with a tummy tuck and then lose weight afterwards because you'll be left with some redundant skin. And it would have been that you've been able to move, move more skin. Uh, the other thing is your complication rate is less when your weight is less. So two good reasons there to lose weight first. So that's absolutely a good thing to do. Recovery time for a tummy tuck. Tummy tuck's a big op. So having said all that stuff about the dog ears saying, oh, you're up and, you know, you're out the same day and you're all you know, not too badly knocked back. A tummy tuck, you do get knocked back, uh, I'm afraid. So you have to be prepared for a bit of a knockback. It's a big bit of skin that gets removed when you do a tummy tuck. Uh, big, long scar goes from hip to hip. There's also a scar around the belly button. Um, and and it, it, the whole point of doing a tummy tuck is to make your, tight, your stomach tight. You want to make it tight because that's the reason you're doing the surgery. So therefore, when you first have it done, it feels really tight. So you, uh, when you wake up from the surgery, you're bent double. You're sat up and you've got pillows on your knees and you're bent double. And when you get up and start walking around, you start walking around all bent over. Um, so it is a big deal. You'll be in, uh, I use drains, um, uh, which are tubes going to bottles. We can talk about whether or not, you know, pros and cons of drains. And a blog post, I think, about that a little while ago. But anyway, I still use drains for tummy tucks. Um, and so you have these tubes and these bottles and you're walking around like this. And all that. Um, I normally say average is too nice in hospital. I would say it's average. Uh, I'm, I'm, occasionally very un, pretty uncommon to be one night in hospital to be honest 
and sometimes three nights in hospital. So I'd say average two nights in hospital. Um, see how you feel. Once you're up and walking a bit better and your drains come out, then you can go home. You go home wearing a binder. We put a binder on you. Uh, you come back after the first week, uh, take all those dressings off. And then in that week, you'll be sort of hunched over. And when you come over, come back after a week, you'll still be bent over double a bit uh, and still be a bit uncomfortable. So that first week, you're not going to be doing a great deal, to be honest with you. You'll be pottering around the house. You'll be moving because we don't get DVTs. We don't get clots in your legs and stuff like that. Um, so we encourage you to move and potter about. But you're not going to be feel like doing a great deal um, because it is quite a big op. It takes about two and a half, three hours, uh, give or take. So it's quite a long anesthetic and you will feel quite knocked back. After that first week, you take all those dressings off. So you don't need any dressing um, after that first week. And um, then um, second week, you'll be feeling better. So if you do like an uh, office job, or, or maybe, maybe not office job, if you do like work from home, you'll be able to work from home and you'll be feeling a bit better after the second week. I normally say minimum, really, two weeks for, for driving. Two to three, you, you know, it's hard to say that everyone's going to be okay at two weeks. It might be better to say three weeks for driving um, just because, it, you know, seatbelt and all that sort of stuff. So uh, two to three weeks for driving. But, you know, second, third week, you will be feeling better. I encourage you to walk. Uh, again, after about two, three weeks, you know, driving and things, gentle exercise, exercise bike, stepper, gentle, a bit like I was saying to Caroline, she's a bit further on and, you know, different surgery. But, you know, the general principle is just listen to your body um, and see how you feel. And if it, if you can get, if you can do stuff, then you can build it up gradually. So after two, three weeks, you'll be starting gently doing sort of lower body exercises and things, nothing too crazy with your core. Um, and then really, and then again, work, going back to work, I guess, if you're, if you, if you're, if you're a sedentary job and just desk based job, uh, maybe three weeks, you'll be able to get back to sort of it, but maybe phase return, give you a sick note if you need um phase return or, or or light duties to start off with and then it's four to six weeks so usually um you know um month or two really well, it'll be four to eight weeks from there. anyway okay four to six weeks before you're doing anything too crazy with your upper body you know a gym, a weights and stuff like that lifting if you're doing if your job involves lifting and things like that and even then even at the six week mark i'll say to you take it easy see how you feel and if you feel okay, then build it up. So it doesn't mean that sort of six weeks you'll be, you know, lifting and being being doing good big weights and stuff like that. It's just gently getting into it at that time. So uh, scars and things like that takes about three months for the scar to settle, to start to settle. So it's a bit red and everything. Dog ears, just talking about earlier, little bumps at the end of the scar. These sorts of things really start to settle around three months. But can take six, 12, 18 months. A year really is where your scars really started to fade and the tingling feels funny and numb and all that sort of thing, feel funny sensations. Around a year, it sort of starts to sort of feel a bit more normal. And, you know, it can take 18 months for it, to, you know, even two years for everything to really properly settle. So it can take a while for it all to really, but obviously back up with all that, but for the scars and the shape and the dog ears and the swelling and all that to settle. So, yeah, that's that one. Um, Oh, sorry, I've already put that one up there. Yeah, that's uh, Caroline. Yeah, uh, thanks, Caroline. Uh, if you're wondering what he, what she's referring to, that's Michelle saying he is the best around, the only one I'd recommend. So, uh, not my words. Uh, right. So Louise is is uh, coming in. 
coming in at uh, this point. So, Luis, a nice one. Well done for coming in. Thank you very much for asking me a question. And Luis's question is, I'm interested in having a boob lift without implants. How is recovery and pain afterwards, please? Thanks. So, um, yeah, um, the thing about all this surgery is that uh, the good thing about a uh, boob lift is that it's all soft tissue in that it's all sort of skin and fat that you're having the surgery on you don't actually cut through any muscles and what have you so the surgery the, the recovery is is uh, not too bad but it is quite a big op i think sometimes people that when they think about the boob operations and um boob um surgery they think oh you know in and out lunchtime sort of job uh but a but a breast lift is actually quite a big op it's again two and a half three hours it's not a quick one uh it's quite a big deal um and again it knocks you back the anesthetic knocks you back um and you'll feel tired you'll feel jaded you're normally in hospital just overnight with a with a boob lift you have all these tapes on um and again the reason for the boob lift, the point of the surgery is to tighten the skin so everything feels tight everything feels quite swollen feels quite tight oh god you know it's all like that um to start off with as i say you're in hospital overnight I tend not to use drains for a, a boob lift so you won't have any tubes or anything like that um have all these tapes on you can't really wash or shower when you've got the tapes on uh you can sort of sit in a shallow bath but you can't really get the tapes wet so um um come back after a week take all those tapes off and then you don't need any dressing after that week so again that week you're not going to feel 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 great second week you'll be feeling better um again desk uh, working from home and things like that um i'd say again to, to be saved two weeks for for, for driving you might be okay after a week but probably say two will be safe uh for driving um and again light activities like exercise bike stepper getting out about would be two weeks um shapes a bit weird when you first have it done and you know you show you photos and things of how the shape looks when you first take those tapes off you think oh my lord what's going on here it's all like oh, it looks all a bit weird when you first have it done um so you have to be prepared for that it takes a few weeks and probably even actually a few months for that shape to settle so you have to be prepared for that after a couple of weeks start getting back into things uh again if you're doing a desk-based job you might be able to get back after two weeks you know driving and stuff like that but nothing too heavy i'd normally say light duties or phase return again four to six weeks for anything too heavy if you were doing any work that involved heavy lifting or if you want to get to the gym and you wanted to do uh heavy weights with your upper body i would say leave that for about four to six weeks and then gently get back into it the main reason being that you're going to make it swell if you go for things too soon you're going to make it swell and if you make it swell because sometimes people go back to work too early or they think oh i'm going to go to the gym and that sort of thing they make it if you make it swell it just takes longer for it to settle so it's a bit of a false economy so really give it uh, give it give yourself time realize it is quite a big operation and give yourself i would say six weeks off for the for the heavy activity with the gym you'll be doing light activity like stepper and exercise bike gently but um it uh, does take six weeks before you start doing upper body stuff and again scars are red and obvious for the first few months it starts to settle around three months um same with the shape the shape starts to settle around three months really two two to three months of the shape to start to settle it can take a while for it to all fully settle uh, a year or so for that scar to settle completely and the numbness and the weird sensations and also the thing about a lift as i was saying earlier you have to be prepared for the shape because you might say when you first have it done oh i like this this is good i'm happy with that it does settle and it does give a little bit less fullness in the upper pole so that does tend to settle um so that's something to be aware of because you're dealing with natural tissues and natural tissues are acting on by gravity much as we try and push them up 
they are uh, acting on by gravity and they do tend to settle so that's something to be aware of before you go ahead with it so uh, so basically the pain isn't too bad i've got to say it well I've, I, I, you know, I haven't had it done but you know um what people tell me um but it is does feel tight it does feel tight and it does feel strange you definitely know you've had something done but you're not like in pain it's just like oh it's a bit tight it feels a bit uncomfortable and then it takes time for it to soften and, and uh, settle so Caron says thank you you're welcome Caron uh, you're very welcome and uh yeah sit back that was a slow start guys but that was a good end i'll tell you well if this is the end is this the end is this the end uh if this is the end that is a good end i'm happy with that end i'm happy to the extent that i will um put some happy faces in it's quite hard to see is it oh no they're not what do they wink they wink oh they're winks anyway um so yeah thank you very much uh oh goodness me anyway what's happened there um so yeah that was that was a good one that was a good one i was a bit worried to start with because i thought there was um you know um a bit of a slow one uh but angie angie got in there early so thank you for that for just kicking the ball rolling it's like anything once someone starts and it just roller coasters so um that's that i'm gonna check out of this um and i'm gonna go and you know just live go and live and i suggest you do likewise i will see you next week um and if you have any questions please do what you've done today which is get on here um and if you want to ask a question while I get this up. Um, if you want to ask a question, then just email me or text me or text me. No, don't text me. Um, email me or Facebook me or Twitter me or do whatever. And I'll be very happy to uh, oblige. Thank you very much for that, for everything. And I'm ending this right now. Thank you. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.